Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Freedom of Species would like to acknowledge the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, who are the traditional owners of the land on which we broadcast today. We pay our respect to the elders of all of the lands on which we meet across Australia. I am welcome to Freedom of Species, where a show that brings animal advocacy to the airwaves of 3CR Community Radio. And on the show today, we're going to be joined by former Australian cricket player Jason Gillespie. He currently coaches at a higher level and is also an outspoken advocate for veganism and animal rights. So that's the discussion I'm going to bring you today. Uh, I'm Nick Pendergrass hosting today and before I get into the discussion with uh, Jason Gillespie I just wanted to mention that before us you heard Out of the Pan and I did want to mention a previous episode of Out of the Pan that I caught. Um, This show was Jess Ison Lesbian Visibility and yeah that was a really interesting discussion on the importance of bringing a critique of patriarchy and sexism uh, everywhere and specifically within um, within queer or rainbow communities, movements, etc. So that was really into discussion. Um, Jess has been a guest on Freedom of Species a bunch and was also a Freedom of Species presenter for a little while as well before my time. So yeah, you can check out Out of the Pan 12 till 1 every Sunday and you can also check out uh, the episode I mentioned and all the episodes of Out of the Pan at 3cr.org. So I am joined by Jason Dizzy Gillespie, who is a former Australian test cricketer and current cricket coach, as well as a veganuary ambassador. And I wanted to just briefly mention some facts about uh, Jason Gillespie's career. So Australia's eighth highest wicket taker ever in test matches in Australian history. And also, um, yeah, your unbeaten 201 runs in your last test match is the highest score by a night watchman in international cricket. And yeah, there's sort of a lot to break down there. I was thinking like trying to explain that to a non-cricketing audience. And I'd be like, well, if a tail ender comes in, or they go, then I, what I got to explain is a tail ender. But anyway, 201, 201 <laughs> runs is a lot of runs for someone who's predominantly a bowler anyway. So, um, yeah, thanks so much for coming on the show, Jason. And do you want to just talk a bit about, um, yeah, any anything else you want to mention in terms of your cricketing career, but also about uh, the current coaching work you're doing? Yeah, thanks, Nick, for that lovely intro. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I think you've pretty much covered it. Um, look, yeah, I, look, I, I was fortunate enough to play cricket uh, professionally uh, for, for about roughly 15 years. Um which you know was was fantastic. I absolutely loved it. It was uh, it was my you know childhood dream really to to play uh, professionally. And you know I'm sure it's a lot of uh, a lot of kids' dreams to play sport professionally. Uh, I, I suppose I was fortunate enough to, for for that to actually uh, materialise. So I'm very thankful for that. Uh, and and yeah, I suppose now uh, moving from playing, you, you always wonder what you're going to do. Um, because if, if I did what I was doing before I played cricket, I'd be still delivering pizzas now uh, for Pedro's dollar pizza. So, um, so yeah, so I wasn't sure what I was going to do when I finished playing. And, um, yeah, but, but sort of almost fell into coaching a little bit. I uh, Probably the back end of my playing career, I was probably as a senior player, just helping out, you know, a few individuals, you know, in the sides I was playing in and, um, you know, spending time with the coaches and, um, yeah, and I remember one one coach actually said to me, "Look, you, you know, uh, Jason, you, you may never use it, but you know, it's worth going and getting your coaching levels. Go and do the, you know, go on the courses, and and you know, you never know if you you may you may or may not use it, but um, it's worth doing. And I'm, I'm glad I did that because you know, I got an opportunity to coach, and uh, 
Um, my first professional coaching gig, actually, I, I, we moved the family to Zimbabwe, to the middle of Zimbabwe, which was um, was a, a you know something completely different for us. Um, and yeah, I think my my love for coaching uh, stemmed from from that experience. And could you mention some of the teams you're coaching at the moment? Or at least would be yeah, theoretically um, if, if cricket was... Well, at, yeah, at the moment, um, I'm, I'm head coach of Sussex County Cricket Club, uh, which is based in Sussex in, in England. Um, so I'm the head coach of the, the county club there. Uh, we play four-day cricket, one-day cricket and T20 cricket uh, in the domestic competition in the UK. Uh, and I also coach uh, the Adelaide Strikers in the uh, Big Bash League in Australia. So... Um, you know, that, which is my hometown, um, and you know we, we we play out of Adelaide Oval here, and uh, yeah, it's a it, that's a great job. So I've been in that job for five years, and uh, um, at the Adelaide Strikers. So I've had five seasons of that, and um, I'm I'm meant to be in my third year of uh, third season of coaching Sussex, but at the moment I'm I'm, I'm back in South Australia, um, just while the pandemic's on. There's there's been no cricket in the UK, so um, you know we're hopeful of a early August start date, uh, August the 1st. So, you know, the plan is to head over in the next couple of weeks and, and get ready for the for the season launch. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I guess to give a bit of background for listeners, I've actually been, I, I'm a cricket fan myself and uh, I, I've been aware of you as a vegan and, and hadn't really thought about interviewing you for the show um, during the lockdown. Often we've done our shows live in the studio, which is kind of a good, like is good for the vibe and have everyone there and that kind of thing. But it also limited us to guests who are from Melbourne or, or in Melbourne. So it's been great to reach out to uh, people around the world or, or in your case in other states would be great uh, guests for the show. But I actually heard about you through or, or sort of just th- put you on my radar again was um, an interview with uh, Emma Hurst, who's from the Animal Justice Party, who interviewed yeah. you recently on, on her Facebook page. And, yeah, one thing that came up um, was that she was surprised at how many of her sort of people who support her or like her page or whatever were into cricket. And, yeah, was sort of a bit surprised, that connection. So, yeah, I just wonder if you would talk a little bit about, um, I guess, yeah, sort of those two worlds coming together, both like vegans who are into cricket and also, um, (laughs) yeah, I guess the reception um, towards veganism in the cricketing world as well. Yeah, Nick, it's been interesting. I, I suppose the, the first first time I'd actually uh, really heard of the the phrase vegan, uh, or the term vegan, was um, uh, Peter Siddle, who who is an Adelaide Strikers player, former Australian player. Um, you know, he he's been vegan for a long time now, um, probably at least eight or nine years, and um, you know, there was a bit of a bit of a commentary about that uh, when he first uh, went down. Uh, or was into veganism, and um, you know there was a, a bit of commentary about it. And, uh, and I, I really, I, I was completely in the dark. I, I, I didn't really know. I obviously knew um, vegetarian, but I, I, I wasn't uh, sure what vegan was. And so you know, I just started to do a little bit of research on, on that. Um, but it was nothing more than that. But it was more uh, for, for myself. Um, Probably about back uh, about a year after my dad passed away, uh, my wife Anna and I were watching a, a documentary, Earthlings, and and that that just changed me completely. Um, you know, looking through completely different eyes, and uh, you know, um, and being you know, it, I, I pretty much went vegan overnight. Um, you know, I suppose I was never, a, um, you know, growing up, you know, we had pets and uh, you know and the like, but. You know, I, I liked animals, but I wasn't, uh, you know, a, a, I wouldn't class myself necessarily as a massive animal lover or anything like that. But I suppose, you know, watching Earthlings and then subsequently, you know, doing doing research, you, you sort of you know that that whole uh, the term of phrase speciesism um, really resonates with me and, and makes a lot of sense. Um, and and I first heard of that phrase, you know, in in Earthlings, and uh, and it just it was almost like a light bulb went off in my mind and it was, it, it just made complete sense. And, uh, you know, I understood that. And, um, um, yeah, so, so that, that's, that's where it started. And, you know, I, I think as every, everyone who, uh, goes down whatever path they go down and you, you do, you do your research and you, um, and, and for me, that was, um, 
you know, that was pretty important. And uh, the, the more I've learnt, um, you know, what started out initially after my dad's passing, I, I started to, you know, look into ways to be healthier. Um, and look, vegetarian, vegan diets, you know, clearly, um, you know, help you in uh, in that journey. Um, but I, I suppose the more you read, the more you learn, the more you watch, um, the more research you do, um, you know, the, the impact of animal agriculture, um, you know, on, on human health, on the environment, um, you know, it, it's, it's, you know, the, the dots that get connected, don't they, basically? And, you know, it's very, very clear to see. And, uh, you know, what started out as a, as a health thing for me, um, you know, it's very much for me the animal welfare and, and environmental impact of, uh, you know, of, of these things. And, uh, you know, that, that's why for, for me, uh, being a vegan, you know, makes complete sense. Yeah, yeah, and I really like the the way that yeah, there's lots of um, athletes who are eating yeah plant based diet for health and good on them. That's really good to see. But um, one thing I've particularly that um, really resonated with me as you know a yeah someone who does care about my health, but also you know an animal rights person. It's great that you you are yeah definitely one of the uh, people in the sort of the sports world who really gets the the animal rights side of it and the anti speciesism, the sort of discrimination against species aspect as well. Um, and yeah. We in your discussion with with Emma Hurst, you mentioned that there was a particular scene in Earthlings um, about yeah, which involved like basically a, a dog um, yeah, sort of getting getting crushed in in the back of a like basically being treated like rubbish basically, and and that is a scene that Rich really resonated with me as well. And I was wondering, um, I, I think maybe for me, I mean, it's horrible in its own right, but I think that maybe that resonated for me particularly because of the species of a dog, or like a, a species of animals who. Are, who I have been connected to throughout my childhood and that kind of thing. So I, I was just wondering, do, do you feel like you mentioned you have had, you know, pets, companion animals growing up and that kind of thing. Do you think that that connection with animals and, and sort of understanding that they are individuals, they're not just things or resources, um, sort of that direct connection, do you think that maybe helped with your transition towards veganism? Uh, yeah, I, I probably hadn't really thought of it like that. Nick, mm-hmm. but that, that yeah, that absolutely makes sense. I mean, it, I mean, for me, you, you know, you referenced that um, that scene in Earthlings, and um, you know, that I'll I'll never forget that. That it was just so raw and um, and real, um, you know. And, and I think for, for me, and and maybe what you're trying to say with companion animals, I mean, that you know, that this dog had been just lying being on the side of the road, and it was shown. A little bit of affection, a little bit of given a bit of time by a human, and and that dog, it was it was almost like blind faith, wasn't it? You know, there's wagging the tail, you know, sticking out their tongue, and um, having getting some attention from a human, and and then what that human does is just very dismissive, and you know, throws throws a poor animal in the back of a truck, and and uh, animal, and the thing that probably really upset me was. He, he didn't know what was coming. He just he just thought he was getting um, having some attention uh, put on him. You know, this little little dog thought, "Wow, you know, I've got a got a friend here who's you know," and, and then all of a sudden he puts him in the back of a truck and very dismissive. And uh, yeah, that, that yeah, it was it was just it was quite confronting footage, really. Um, so yeah, so that 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 really that set me off, um, and it, it sort of makes you just sort of. You know, look internally as well as how you've, um, you know, been towards animals in the past. And um, as I said, you know, we, we had we had uh, dogs as um, as pets as a kid. And um, you know, while you, you give them a pat and uh, thing, I, I wasn't I wasn't a big animal person. I was far too into my sports and you know things like that. So. Um, but yeah, it just it, it it really made me look at look at things through a different, completely different set of eyes. And uh, um, yeah, it was yeah, it was a pretty uh, yeah. And, and I said, you know, look back, it was a pretty important moment um, in my life, really. 
Yeah, and, and you're certainly not the only one who has had that you know, big influence from watching Earthlings, and I definitely encourage listeners to watch it. I believe it's free to watch online. Uh, obviously, make sure you're in the right frame of mind to watch it because it is very heavy documentary, so it's probably not something to watch any time, but when you are feeling uh, in the space where it maybe might activate you to take action for animals rather than sort of bringing you down. But, yeah, one thing I did like about it was the... Um, yeah, it, it did show that there's lots of graphic footage in it, but also... So the more philosophical sort of arguments around sort of, um, yeah, as you've touched on, like speciesism and like this sort of um, breaking down that that connection. Um, and I think you, you gave the example even of like the idea of like we're all earthlings and that's from the, from the documentary as well and how, yeah, like if if an alien sort of came to earth they wouldn't necessarily break us down these are kind of distinctions that we create obviously parallels with other forms of oppression uh like racism sexism and, and these other forms of discrimination too that, that's exactly right and and, that, and that, that's what I, I suppose that's what i really took out of it nick um the um that thing that we're, we're all you know um we're all earthlings that and that it just I suppose it just made sense to me, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, for better a term of phrase. It, it just it just made complete sense, um, you know. And, and I remember thinking at the time, yeah, well, we, we actually we all are earthlings. We're all we're all part of this. We're all in it together here. And um, you know, that, that once you do, I suppose once you do your research and um, you look into almost like the biology of, of human beings as well. You know, if we get onto you know the the you know obviously eating animals and, and things like that. Um, you know, all the all the research I've done, um, you know, suggests that you know we're not necessarily being, you know, biologically, you know, made to actually consume animals anyway as humans. Um, you know, that, that's certainly what I've, uh, you know, what I've learnt. Um, but you know, that you know, people will argue another way, and, um, and and that's fine. That's that's everyone's prerogative, I suppose. Um, but you know, for me, just all, all the evidence. Um, that I've seen points towards, you know, having a having a you know vegan diet, vegan lifestyle, um, you know, it has the minimum impact, you know, on the earth, and you know, surely we we want to, you know, we strive to leave the earth in a better state than, you know, what we turned up in, and um, you know, for me, I think that's pretty important. Mm. Yeah, definitely, and uh, yeah, it is a big discussion, and definitely not my um, not my expertise as a I'm a, a sociologist, like a social scientist. I, I generally don't sort of go down the, the biological path, but I guess like for me in my position, I'm more like well. I, I don't need to eat animals. Like, not so much looking about, like, yeah. are we biologically... It's like, I don't need to eat animals. I can get all the nutrients I need on a vegan diet. And as you said, it has the least impact on animals themselves and also the planet as a whole. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I, I'm, I'm the same, mm. mate. I, you know, for me, um, you know, I, I think it's a choice, mm. you know, and I, I choose not to. Mm-hmm. Um, and for various reasons, mm. you know, the, the biology argument is just another layer, mm-hmm. isn't it? And another... I suppose another point of discussion, but but yeah, I, I, look, I agree. I um, you know it comes down to the individual, and you know from a socially point of view, I mean, I, I I certainly know that, and you know I'm living proof that you know you you can survive you know without a uh, without consuming animals. So you know it would have been you know it's interesting chatting to Peter Siddle, for instance. You know he he mid career he decided to uh, not consume animals and adopt a vegan. Uh, diet and um, you know I, I think there was a little bit of um, question marks and criticism from external forces saying that you know it's going to impact on his cricket and his health and uh, you know his output as a player um, but you speak to Peter and you know he quite categorically says well you know all the things I can judge you know my, the pace I bowl when I'm when I'm bowling is 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 good um, when I'm in the gym and I'm training, you know, I've never been fitter. I've never been stronger. Um, you know, it, you know, this is a guy who's lived it and breathed it. Um, you know, and he, he categorically says that he, he feels better and, and stronger and, and fitter um, for adopting a, you know, a vegan diet, for instance. But, you know, it's, it's very much more than that uh, for Peter. You know, he's very much the um, animal welfare and, and environmental impact as, as well as, you um, you know, um, 
eating, um, you know, the, or the, the fitness side of it as well. Mm. Yeah, and it is interesting, Peter Siddle, because he, he's recently announced his retirement from international cricket, at least, um, I believe, um, from Sheffield Shield cricket as well. Jason can correct me if I'm wrong. But, um, but yeah, that, like the, the state that he's in and the, the positive commentary around his bowling and, and, and he's really worked on his sort of more short form, like 2020 kind of bowling. And, and even the commentators were saying, like, had he not retired, he might have been in contention for like a, a World Cup 2020 position with Australia because he's really, uh, really good at bowling, like at the death, at the end of an innings, that kind of thing. Um, and yeah, I, I guess turning to to the cricket uh, topic, do you want to just go through some of the players who are who are vegan or maybe who are who are moving more in that direction, more plant based eating, etc.? Because it is quite a, a, a remarkable number. I know in the AFL there's uh, Chris Main and Ben Brown, both vegan, but yeah, I, I can't think of any other sport that has that many players who are kind of moving in that direction or are already vegan um, uh, as opposed to cricket or compared to cricket. Yeah. Yeah, well, okay. Well, uh, the guys I know in Australian cricket, for instance, um, you know, Kane Richardson, in, in addition to Peter Siddle, of course, um, Kane Richardson um, plays for South Australia and the Melbourne Renegades and obviously Australia, uh, fast bowler. Um, you know, he's been vegan for a while. Adam Zampa, the Australian leg spinner. Um, Nick Maddinson, who's, who's played for Australia and plays for Victoria and the Melbourne Stars. Uh, he, he's been vegan for a while. Um so, so they're the guys I know for sure. I, um, I know I know quite a few players domestically um, and internationally that that have um, are reducing their their meat intake. Um, you know, guys like Alex Carey, uh, Aaron Finch. Uh, I know Jake Weatherall, the um, South Australian Adelaide strikers opening batsman. Um, you know, he, he hasn't had meat for quite a while. Um, you know, I'm not sure if those guys that I've just mentioned are, are actually vegan, but I, I know that they've um, experimented with uh, vegetarian diets. Um, and if we go internationally, you know, certainly the captain of India, Virat Kohli, uh, has, has said that he's uh, vegan. Um, you know, and, and to be fair, a lot of Indian cricketers are actually vegetarian. Um, it, it's quite common in India uh, to, to adopt a vegetarian um, diet and you know a lot of those guys have been vegetarian since birth so um, so that, that that's not a real surprise um, but yeah but they, look I, I think I think more and more people are um, are curious about um, veganism and and I think as much as anything experimenting with uh, you know different trying different dishes and um, you know, which I which I think is fantastic. I, I know myself. I mean, I, I grew up in a household that was meat and three veg, mm. and I had that I had that every night in my life, basically. So, you know, I I never really experimented with with food because I, I, I was very simple uh, simple taste buds, I suppose. But once you once I went down the vegetarian vegan path, um, you know, it's opened my eyes to different cuisines and, and the like, and. You know, I've never been a big curry person or, you know, Thai food or anything like that. But, I mean, now they're, they're some of my, my most favourite foods now. Um, and and I think definitely my palate has definitely changed and, um, you know, and certainly changed for the better because I actually taste food probably a bit more now than, uh, than probably what I ever did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And it's interesting, um, I, I was actually thinking that, you, we're almost a position we could almost have a team vegan in the BBL. Really, we're getting uh, a lot of players <laughs> that way, and it's probably a little bit bowler heavy. The the vegans, I think, we've got a few batters like Madison and that, but particularly because BBL, you can have import players. I think with Coley sort of lifting the batting side of things, and it <laughs> could be a pretty good team. And yourself as coach as well, I think that'd be great. I definitely support that team. But uh, yeah, um, even I did want to as well mention that uh, interesting connection. So I, we're on three CR radio. Which which is, you know, covers a number of social justice issues. We obviously focus on animals on this show, but I was interviewed on 3CR Monday Breakfast, um, which is 7 to 8.30 a.m. every Monday, and they um, had me on to talk about how non-human animals, how other animals were affected by the bushfires uh, going back a bit of time. And I sort of had this example that uh, Peter Siddle and a bunch of other um, cricketers were raising money for animals in the bushfires, and I thought it's going to be a bit weird, like on 3CR it's not going to really fit, and then the interview 
interview before me was actually the the National Cricket Inclusion Championships, which features people with uh, hearing or visual impairments, uh, disabilities, etc. And so it actually it worked really well. So again, there does seem to be this, um, yeah, definitely like animals and, and and other social justice issues definitely can go with cricket in some cases for sure. Yeah, most certainly. And uh, yeah, I remember uh, seeing that. Uh, Pete had, uh, had started that initiative, and which I thought was fantastic, mm-hmm. but it, it wasn't a surprise to me. Mm. Um, you know, I know Pete and his wife Anna are, uh, have been long-time animal advocates, um, you know, and you know, they're, they're very, very proud, very passionate about it. So it wasn't a surprise to me at all. And I, I don't know how much money they actually raised, Nick, mm. but, um, but uh, yeah, I think they did pretty well. Yeah, yeah, did, like a bunch of the other, the vegans, like yeah, um, Kane Richardson, Adam Zampa are also supporting it. So that was really great mm. to see to bring in uh, that angle to that issue as well. And also I wanted to just touch on the, the, the sort of commentary around veganism. I guess to give a bit of uh, background on myself, I actually um, grew up uh, like Jason, hoping to play in the Australian cricket team. I, w- I was part of the um, the cricket program at, at Kent Street uh, High School back in Perth, where I'm from, the sort of specialist cricket program there. Um, and then around 17 or so, I, I went into ice hockey, and I've been into ice hockey ever since. Um, and there was a time where I didn't really play cricket, I didn't watch cricket, but the last few years I've been right back into cricket and watching a lot. And the coverage towards veganism has been really positive. And when they talk about Kane Richardson or whatever, they talk about his, he looks so much healthier and seems so much fitter since he's vegan. And, and it just seems really positive. I know um, from hearing Peter Siddle speak, maybe going back a few years, maybe commentators like Shane Warne uh, maybe weren't as positive. But overall, from all these commentators who aren't vegan themselves, just seem to talk so positively about veganism whenever I hear it mentioned. Have you sort of seen a shift in the last few years in terms of, uh, again, even for commentators or players or those involved in cricket who aren't vegan themselves, viewing um, eating vegan or eating more plant-based in, in quite a positive way? Yeah, and it's a, it's a good point you make. I mean, I, probably the thing I've noticed is the, um, it, probably the, the sarcasm is just going out of it a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, you know, you, you mentioned, you know, I suppose when Peter first, uh, you know, came onto the scene as vegan and, you know, it was almost a bit dismissive, almost, you know, take almost, you know, in a, in a subtle way, having a dig at, at him and, and, and at veganism. But I think it's much more widely accepted now. I think that the more people are learning and understanding, which is, which is, could only be a good thing. You know, the, the more you, the more you research, the more you find out, I think the more people, um, and I think we're, I think the thing that stands out has stood out for me, and look, I, I'm approaching, I think, like six years uh, as a as a vegan. Um, I've noticed a big change in um, in attitudes. Um, you know, I know. Look, I, I've, I've still got friends who will still take the Mickey out of you a little bit, and uh, you know, give you a bit of grief, and you know, the you know the, the jokes start to get a little bit tired. You know, how, how can you tell if someone's a vegan? Um, you know, don't worry, they'll soon enough tell you, and you know that sort of nonsense. Um, but um, I suppose it's just more accepting, isn't it? It's um, you know, I, I suppose um, you know the, one of the big changes I've noticed is if you go into a restaurant um, and you ask, oh, have you got any vegan options? You know. It, you know, a few years ago, it might have been, oh, yeah, look, we can put something together for you. Um, but a lot of places now actually have a vegetarian and vegan menu separate. And you can just go in, oh, can I please have the vegetarian or vegan menu? And they bring that out and it's separate. So, I mean, that's one one thing. Um, so it, I think it's becoming a bit more mainstream, um, more accepted, um, you know, and certainly from a commentary point of view, um you know, it, it is more accepted, and people just saying, "Well, you know, it's, it's, it, it's, it, it is what it is." And um, you know, more and more people are um, adopting that lifestyle, adopting the diet, um, and we can see how healthy they look and how healthy they they say they feel. And 
Um, you know, I, I suppose what I'm saying, the evidence is there, Nick, mm. isn't it? It's, it's pretty clear. Mm-hmm. We, we better go to a, a song now. So we're going to go to a song that Jason has picked. So, um, yeah, you're listening to Freedom of Species on 3CR Community Radio, and we're joined by Jason Gillespie, a former Australian cricketer and current uh, coach of the Adelaide Strikers and also, um, yeah, county teams over in the UK. So we're going to go to the track uh, Living for the City by Stevie Wonder. So anything to say about this song or just a song you like oh look it's a song i like um yeah i i, I suppose it's only the last couple of years of sort of um just i've always been a hard rock man myself um you know 70s and 80s music uh, 70s 80s 90s and a bit of hard rock heavy metal and, and stuff but haven't listened to i suppose a lot of uh you know alternative styles other than when i was growing up i remember uh, Dad used to always have either Neil Diamond or Rod Stewart uh, playing, um, or the Sunday Night Fever soundtrack. So I, I know I know a lot of those songs. Um, but yeah, but yeah, it got into Stevie Wonder a little bit over the last few years, and uh, yeah, I just just like the song. And and I think with all the recent um, BLM protests, um, you know, it's a, yeah, it's a it's a song that probably resonates a little bit in, 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 at the moment. A boy's born. In Hot Mississippi, surrounded by for world that ain't so pretty. His parents give him love and affection to keep him strong, moving in the right direction, living just enough, just enough for the city. grassroots community organisation campaigning for East Gippsland's precious forests. For over 15 years we've been using direct action, citizen science and community engagement to stop the continued logging of precious native forests and threatened species habitat. After this summer's terrible bushfires there's an even greater urgency to protect what remains and the Victorian government haven't ruled out plans to log the small fragments of unburnt forests and so-called salvage log in burnt areas. It's now so important that forests and wildlife are protected so they can recover. Head to gecko.org.au to keep updated with the latest news and to get involved. Gecko acknowledges the logging is happening on the stolen lands of the Gunnakurnai and Bidwell and Monaro people and that sovereignty was never ceded. A 3CR supporter. So, yeah, welcome back to Freedom of Species. We're joined by... Uh, former Australian cricketer Jason Gillespie um, and current coach and yeah um, yeah passionate vegan as well, uh, which we've been talking about on the show. 
And yeah, I guess you did mention the Black Lives Matter movement. And just from doing a little bit of research for this interview, I Googled your name. And one of the things that came up was, um, yeah, this whole sort of uh, counter movement or counter um, idea, uh, All Lives Matter, which is sort of a, a way to sort of take away, I guess, from the Black Lives Matter movement. And so, yeah, someone, who Rodney Hogg, uh, posted about this on Twitter and you had a good response. So, yeah, like we, we're an animal show, uh, but we are on a, um, yeah, we're on a very much like a social justice kind of network and we support all these other issues as well. We actually played some speeches from the Black Lives Matter uh, rally here in Melbourne on our show a few shows ago as well. So we really uh, support those things. So, yeah, do you want to talk a bit about... Uh, yeah, why All Lives Matter is not a, a, a an appropriate messaging at this time, maybe we'll say. Yeah, I, I, look, I, I just I saw a tweet. This was a little while back. Uh, Rodney Hogg, uh, uh, you know, a hero of mine uh, growing up. I loved watching him bowl, and you know, he was a great bowler for South Australia, Victoria, and Australia. And uh, so I have a hell of a lot of respect for him. And and he, he just put a tweet out, um, which saying, um, "I oh, believe me." Uh, oh, you won't believe it, or something like that. But all lives matter, and um, yeah, and I, I just felt like I just felt he was missing the point of everything that was go- that, that's been going on. Um, you know, it's you know, you know. I think we, we all agree that, of course, all lives do matter. You know, I think no one's disputing that. But I think you know, right now, um, you know that that issue, um, you know, in light of what happened in America. Um, um, you know, it it it's become a bit a, a real issue, and um, you know the people been trying to get that point across, and and I think it, it Rod's tweet, you know, and and I, I've seen a lot of it, and a lot of people have been um, saying that oh, hang on, but all lives matter. Yeah, of course they do. However, the issue at the moment is BLM, and trying to uh, get that point across. Um, you know, and, and I suppose that I, I responded with a tweet and I, I got something that was a, um, it was a message that I saw and, um, you know, and I thought, well, you know, it was, and I thought it was very, um, well, uh, well, how can I put it? I, I thought it, it, it summed it up perfectly. Um, so of course it does, but, you know, it's, it'd be, a bit, and I think the line was, one of the lines in the tweet I put out was, you know, of course that, um, you know, if, if it's someone's birthday, for instance, and, um, you know, someone put out, oh, but all birthdays matter. It's not the right response, mm. is it? Like, it's, it's, so that was kind of where I was going with that tw- tweet that I saw. And, uh, and it got a bit of a response, um, you know, which is fine. I mean, that wasn't the intention, uh, the intention. It was purely just to say to my friend Rodney that, um, yeah, look, I, I, I respect what your view is, but, please understand what the greater issue is. And this is the issue, and this is why it's important to to respect that and understand that. Yeah. I hope I've explained myself there. I sort of walked, went around in circles. Yeah, no, that. no, I think it, it is really important. And, yeah, again, I think everything, yeah, that that whole sort of thread that you posted, and maybe I'll put a link up to the article, people can see the whole whole tweet. Yeah. But, um, yeah, there's lots of but Another one uh, that was sort of part of the, the image you shared was, if a co-worker comes to me upset and says my father died, a response of every, everyone's parents die would be that's, yeah, that, that's <laughs> truthful right. yeah. but yeah, hurtful and, and cruel in the moment, yeah. Yeah, that, that's mm. right. And, and that was kind of the point I just wanted to get across to mm. Rod that, um, um, you know, that, that it, you know, that's, that's the reason that's what, that's what this has all been happening. And, you know, that the, you know, the, the terrible thing that happened in America, I mean, you know, and from what we've seen, that's, that's one of so many incidents, mm. um, you know, and look, the, the brutally honest, we're not immune to it over here in Australia either. You know, I'm, I'm an indigenous man myself and, um, you know, seeing, um, you know, how, how the brothers and sisters, um, you know, are treated at times, it, it, it makes me quite sad. And, uh, you know, my, my, my father, my late father, he used to be the CEO of Aboriginal legal rights movement here in South Australia. And, um, you know, some of the stories he told me, um, you know, it, it made me quite sad. And, um, you know, you know, our family, you know, my brother is still, he's a field officer for ALRM, uh, here in Adelaide as well. Um, so, 
you know, that's something that's pretty important to us as a family. Um, you know, we, we just want, you know, everyone, I suppose, at the end of the day, we just want everyone to get along, don't we? <laughs> at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And um, yeah, I think we also, even in the animal movement as well, I think have to be cautious about that messaging of all lives matter. Again, even though it is true, it can take power away from that movement, which, as you say, is is really important uh, in the US, but here in Australia as well. And yeah, high rates of Aboriginal deaths in custody and, and so many important issues that that movement is addressing. Um, I did want to as well touch on, like you mentioned, uh, being an Indigenous, and I'm just wondering, uh, one thing we have covered a show a bit, we've had various people from different backgrounds. Um, one person we had on was uh, John Pawson, who is a Maori vegan and was talking about uh, making traditional Maori dishes, but in a, in a vegan way, like substituting ingredients. Mm. I was just wondering if that, like your Indigenous heritage and veganism, is that sort of a, an area you've thought about? Like, is that something that like you've sort of, put those two things together, I guess? Uh, to be perfectly honest, I haven't thought a lot mm. about it. I know, uh, oh, look, obviously, um, you know, the hunter-gatherer existence, um, you know, uh, you know, humans have, you know, eat what you can, I suppose, out on the land. Um, you know, for me, that's very different to going into a supermarket and going down the frozen meat aisle and seeing all... Um, cut up body parts of innocent animals uh, in plastic packaging. Um, for me, that's very different. Um, uh, I mean, it's a tough one, but look, I, I genuinely, I, I haven't given it a hell of a lot of thought, if I'm perfectly honest. Um, um, it's, you know, it's certainly, uh, you know, what, what do, you know, different people eat and, uh, you know, depending on your circumstances and, you know, where you live and what's available. Um, you know, no, I don't know a lot about bush tucker. Um, you know, I think I'm a bit like everyone else. You know, you, you, you hear what, um, you know, what, what Indigenous people eat out on the land. And, um, yeah, but I, I, for, for me as a vegan and, um, you know, Eating, uh, you know, adopting a vegan diet. I haven't, I'll be honest, haven't thought too much about it. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess I would say for myself as a, you know, as a you know, white non-Indigenous vegan, I certainly, you know, that that is sort of an issue that, you know, uh, Indigenous vegans, I guess, will, will work out for themselves. But I guess one thing that frustrates me is when, as you said, people go to the supermarket and people who aren't Indigenous themselves kind of using Indigenous, you know, sort of hunter-gathering, like, for survival as to justify going to the supermarket and buying, like, various <laughs> products. <laughs> yeah, that's what, yeah. Yeah, that, that's yeah, and and that's very yeah, different, yeah. isn't it? Like, um, yeah, that, that's probably the point I'm trying to make. I, you know, I, I find, yeah, I, I even go, even for me, just going to a supermarket, and uh, you know, I, I even try to avoid walking down an aisle um, because it just it, it, it makes my skin crawl. Um, yeah, it's just horrible. Uh, one thing we should touch on uh, before you go is that you're a Veganuary ambassador. And, yeah, you, you, you mentioned no. going vegan overnight uh, yourself after watching Earthling. So I was wondering, yeah, if there if you were able to get support from, you know, initiatives like that in, in you know, switching a diet very, very quickly and also, I guess, the importance of Veganuary generally. Yeah, look, I was approached to, to, to just lend my name to to the veganuary movement and you know it's something that i, I thought was a, a you know a really good idea it's you know tr try try the vegan uh, diet vegan lifestyle for for the month of january and um you know and see how you go and I, I, look I, I what i what i really like about uh, what veganuary do is um you know they keep it pretty simple they, they offer you ideas tips recipes discussions um you know, for me, it's just a really good conversation, um, uh, and that's what what I really liked about it. Um, you know, it's it's not, you know, vegans can be uh, accused of being pushy and 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 the like. And and look, I'm I'm sure, as with everything in life, there's you know there's there's pushy people and and the like. But I think the vegan veganuary message is is very simple. It's very clear. Um, you know, and I, I think it, it has a lot of legs. And you know, I was, I was delighted to be asked to. Um, to be involved and um you know because i just think it's just a wonderful initiative and 
you know, it's all, you know, give it a go and, you know, see what you think. And I've, I've, I've met a number of people who've come up to me and actually said, I've, I've, I've tried the veganuary and, you know, a number of people have continued on that journey and others have tried it for a month and then gone back a little bit. And, um, but almost everyone that pretty much everyone that I've spoken to that's, um, tried veganuary, um, if, even if they've gone back to consuming animal products, if could, they're consuming a lot less animal products. And, you know, for me, ideally, I'd love everyone to be vegan. Um, but, look, I, I understand and I, I respect the fact that, you know, that the brutal reality is we live in a non-vegan world. And, um, you know, so I think we just need to all just do the best we can. Um, but I think the message that Veganuary comes across is, um, you know, and the, the feedback I've got from a lot of people is that, if they do go back and have some animal products, they, they certainly have a lot less. So to finish things up, I've actually got uh, a question from my brother and a question from my dad, who are both big, uh, big, big <laughs> cricket fans. So the um, no question worries. from my brother is, you mentioned in your interview with Emma Hurst that Adam Zampa is uh, very diligent about making sure he gets all uh, synthetic materials for his batting equipment and stuff like that, which is was really great seeing good yep. on him. I, I'm just wondering, um, well, my brother was wondering, uh, for those who are vegan but are not and you know, enjoy cricket but are not at that professional level do you have any advice in terms of getting vegan equipment or is it just a matter of contacting the manufacturers or checking the labels etc yeah i think as much as anything i think it's just being in touch with the manufacturers um you know i, I know look i'm we've uh, got a, a sports store in in uh, or involved in a like, cricket academy here gillespie sports up in uh, in adelaide and, and we've got a cricket shop attached to it and more and more people inquire about um uh, cricket equipment that um <clears throat> you know is is cruelty free um so i think that there's uh, I, I think there are um you know some brands that have part of their range is cruelty free so it's a step in the right direction um i know myself um you know and it may just be a little thing but um you know i've as a coach, you know, part of the coaching kit of the baseball mitt be to take catches, you know, if the bowlers are bowling or players are throwing the ball back to you when you hit them catches and stuff. And, you know, I, I've, I've got a, a leather baseball mitt, but it's I've never had a new one. I, um, I always make sure that I, I find an old scruffy one that's been used because I don't want to use a, a you know, a, a leather, new leather product, but... I kind of, in a way, I kind of accept that if I have something that's already been made and been used, I can recycle it. And um, so I'm forever patching up my my baseball mitt. Um, you know, I've had the same one for so many years now, and it keeps uh, it keeps falling apart. But you know, I, I refuse to get a new one. Uh, um, you know, I've, I've found I think I've found a, uh, somewhere in America where they actually make these. Um, you know, major league baseball standard synthetic gloves. So I'm, uh, I'm hoping to get one of those next year. But in the meantime, I just keep patching up my, uh, my old baseball bit. It's, um, yeah, it's in a pretty sorry state, but, um, but I'm a bit stubborn with it and, uh, you know, I refuse to yield. And, uh, so I just keep, uh, keep repairing it on a weekly basis. Yeah, good idea. No, I'm a little bit the same with my ice hockey equipment. I'm very frugal. I kind of use the stuff and I just had the same stuff for so long. But what I had heard from other ice hockey or vegan ice hockey players was that skates and gloves were quite hard to get leather free. But it thinks that think, uh, things are moving in a positive direction because, yeah, when I finally replaced my skates after about 15 years or something, um, I found out that CCM, which is one of the major brands, all of their skates are now vegan, totally synthetic. And so it, it was very easy Brilliant. and they were very helpful and that kind of thing. So I feel like with sports, even though I'm sure that is probably not motivated by animal rights, but maybe just durability or whatever else, but things, things seem to be moving in a positive mm. direction. So that's good to see. Yeah. Uh, final question, which is from my dad, which is uh, best moment in cricket uh, and perhaps worst moment. And also best batsman you bowled to. And he speculated, was it Kevin Peterson in the 2005 series? Um, okay, so what was the oh, first part be, of the question? Be, the, best um, and worst moments. Oh, best moments yeah. and worst moments. Um, look, I, I think any time you, you win a, a, a game, you win a series, um, especially hard fought, um, you know, any time beating England was always a, a, a great occasion. Um, 
We beat India in India in 2004. Uh, it was the first time an Australian side had won in like 35 years in India. So uh, that that would probably be right up there uh, as a test series. Uh, worst moment for me, um, you know, I, I was obviously disappointed with my personal output in the 2005 Ashes. I uh, didn't bowl well enough and, you know, I rightly got dropped. Um but I suppose the worst was me was uh, running into my captain, Steve War in Sri Lanka in 1999. And um, I broke my leg and broke my wrist. Uh, Steve Steve broke his nose, Steve War. Um, so, that, you know, probably the lowest moment of my career was probably lying in a hospital bed in Colombo with a busted leg. Um, so that, that was probably the worst moment. Um, as for the best player, um, you know, like your dad mentioned Kevin Peterson. And look, Kevin was a wonderful player, no doubt. I, I, I didn't bowl against him a lot other than that series I'd never really come up against him I'm sure if I'd bowled more against him he'd be right up there um but I'd probably have to go for Brian Lara left-handed from the West Indies um I I always I just put him ahead of some of the other great players that ever bowled to the the Tendulkas the Dravids the Laxmans the Michael Vaughans the Sangakaras the Jacques Callises of these world um this world I, I put Brian, just a fraction ahead of um, all those guys, uh, only because, I, you know, there were times when, depending on his mood and, you know, how he was going, it, you always felt he could just change gears very quickly and, uh, and you know, hit your best, the best ball I could bowl. Um, I felt he could pretty much hit it wherever he wanted, depending on his mood, and uh, and that, that could be quite off-putting as a bowler. So, um, whereas the other players, I, I, I just felt if I bowled my best ball, um, they probably couldn't um, dominate me as much as Brian potentially could. So that's probably probably why I put Brian just a fraction ahead of those others. Great. Well, thank, thanks so much for your time today. Um, hopefully, I, I think particularly the, the vegan cricketers would have particularly loved this discussion and hopefully those who aren't into cricket got something out of it as well. Um, just to finish up, do you have any uh, anything that you wanted to say we didn't get to or also any plugs if you want to give a, yeah, I don't know, website for Veganuary or your own Twitter or anything like that before you take off? Yeah, oh, look, um, no, I think we've pretty much covered it, Nick. It was, it was great to chat to you, mate. I, look, I always enjoy uh, talking about, um, you know, animal rights and, and, and the like and veganism. You know, it's pretty important to me. Um, you know, I think it's a pretty important issue, full stop. And, uh, you know, it's great to be able to have that time. Um, yeah, look, if anyone um, anyone wants to follow me, I, I, I post things. I, I mainly talk cricket um, as a, you know, as my profession. You know, I like to just uh, keep up to date with contemporary cricket and, and the like. Um, but I do post the odd um, animal ad- advocacy uh, uh, posts on um, on Twitter or Instagram. So I'm at, um, at Dizzy259 so for Twitter and Instagram. So, yeah, give us a follow and, um, yeah, ho- hopefully it, it people will enjoy the content yeah, yeah. Th- thanks so much it's been yeah thanks for all the work you do on uh, like veganism in the cricketing world and and thanks for coming on it's been really uh, i really i really enjoyed this different angle to the show bringing in sport and cricket specifically so thanks so much good on you nick no worries mate 3cr community radio 855 am housing for the aged action group has gone digital to help stop the spread of the coronavirus but we're still here If you're over 50 years old and having problems with your housing, we can help. If you're having trouble paying the rent, problems with your retirement village manager or concerned about your caravan park, give us a call on 1300 765 178. We can also help connect you with aged care services and emergency relief if you need it. Stay safe, everyone. Just before we go and make way for Encyclopedia, bringing you all things uh, drugs, drugs use, drug policy, drug law reform, etc. So stay tuned for that. Um, I just wanted to briefly mention uh, a thank you to everyone who donated to 3CR's Station Appeal, uh, raising money to keep the station going, Um, and particularly thanks to those who donated and mentioned our show, Freedom of Species. If anyone does want to donate to 3CR, you can do that any time of the year and become a subscriber, etc. You can find all the information at 3cr.org.au. You can also check out all our shows at 3cr.org.au forward slash Freedom of Species, as well as 
us on iTunes. Email any feedback to info at freedomofspecies.org. Connect with us on all the usual social media platforms. We're going to finish up with a little bit of uh, Beyond the Bars. So this is um, voices of Indigenous people uh, in prison. And it's something that 3CR does every year with the COVID restrictions. It's It's been tough this year. So rather than a live broadcast, it's, it's been done over the phone. Um, but just to promote that um, that recording, which has been played throughout the week on 3CR, um, that we've been encouraged to different presenters to um play a bit of beyond the beyond the bars from different years so i've played uh, i'm going to play you something from the 2013 beyond the bars and you can check out this year's and all the other years of beyond the bars there's many up there at 3cr.org.au forward slash beyond the bars um so i'm going to play that to finish off the show today and again you can check out uh, the link i mentioned for more um to hear again um indigenous people um from in inside prisons around australia so yeah um, before we get into the um, beyond the bars i'm going to play a little bit of this song welcome to prison by the group one four i do have to put a note that the song does contain some swearing and i did also want to give a, a note for listeners that this bit of beyond the bars that i'm playing you does include some heavy themes including uh, murder and drug and alcohol abuse and, and those kind of topics so yeah heads up for that so yeah we'll be back next sunday uh one till two as always Aye. mama always said pray for the best expect the worst don't make promises if you go back and you work if you're doing it rock you gotta be willing to work hit a search and grab the dosh gotta get to it first see i grew up in church but i had devils in my ears saying fuck it controlling my young mind like a puppet had me skipping school dishes saddies in the alley as a youngin never a boss bro i was running Ay, started running bad just to get paid Now bros got beef, I gotta run with a blaze See my blood get got, and that's when my heart changed Took a couple L's, but that's part of the game Live and learn, take it how it comes And if it kicks off, brother don't run I was taught from young That I'll get caught up in the system, didn't listen And that's how I got done See I'm just trying to make a living lad And just do me, nah I ain't stopping till they set me free uh. We stand firm to the word, FTP, praying for somebody to rescue me. Hey, train hard, my brother, and stay staunch. Listen, don't be another victim lost to the system. And you'll be eight swell when they come to meet ya. And say my also welcome to prison. Hey, free my brothers in the yard in that can't wait till they all come back. Till they all come back. One four part of the gang, two seven when my heart is at. When my heart is at. We chopped up too easy. Got locked up too easy and now I'm on TV I bet it burns them to see me walk They'd rather see me between these Yeah, we walls, always said expect the worst, hope for the best Keep them close if you know they're down for a stretch They call us ball runners with the utmost respect um, I'm from Mildura, but I've been brought up in Burke, New South Wales And I'm just having a hard time at the moment, yeah uh-huh. I just lost my mum a couple of months ago as well yeah. again yeah. While I was in here And... Her name's jo- Josephine Flincher, and she got murdered, yeah, my mum, not long ago when um, Renmark, yeah. So, and it's pretty hard, you know. Mm. I've got no one now except for my brothers and my kids. And I just want to give a yell out that I love them so much. How, how was it when you found out? I was shocked, yeah. Yeah, how? Because I was at work one day up at Horticulture, and I had to get... Um, Come to programs. It's an emergency call. You had to come see Annie Lynn. Mm. Then I got told that you know my mum has passed away, and someone I know knocked her unconscious. Yeah, and left her in the car. She died. Yeah. So you heard that information in prison. Yeah. My sister. I had to go up to Mulgara yeah for the funeral, but <laughs> sad. Do you do you know how they're handling the case at home? Yeah, um, my brother's dealing with that, yeah, at the moment. Because that's a, that's a massive thing yeah. to deal with. Hey, how are you... What are you doing inside? What are you doing? Oh, I just want to, like, keep my mind occupied, yeah, and do some programs and that. And with um, drug and alcohol AA and that, yeah. Because mm-hmm. when I'm out there, I just drink a lot, yeah. You've got kids out there, too. Yeah. How many kids you got? I've got four kids. Right. My eldest is 15, my... Second boy is eleven, my girl's ten, and my baby's six. Mm. Um, are they being looked after by family? No, okay. they're in DHS in Geelong. 
<sighs> but they've got family that see him every three times a week, yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's that's a good the thing. The father, hey? yeah. Yep, yeah. yep. Do you and think- like I didn't like have a young childhood, yeah, because I met someone that was older than me that t- took advantage of me at a young age, yeah, and I mm. ended up having my children, you know, mm. and settling down before my time, you know. Mm. I've got my sister girls, yeah, that looks after me, that give me all the love and that I need. Mm. Yeah. When do you get out? Um, November, yeah. This year? Yeah. You'll go straight to, are you allowed to go straight to Geelong? See yeah, I'm going to go to and... get my other son, then come back down to Geelong, yeah. Okay. And I'll get out and settle down and see if I can get my other kids back. Yeah. Yes. Something positive rather yeah. than all then this. Then out there drinking and, you know, worrying about drugs and alcohol. That's yeah. not a life, you know. You're just going to kill yourself drinking all the time yeah. and using drugs, yeah. So Yeah, that's true. Trying to put all that aside, yeah, and like because I'm on the program now, I can, that picks me up, yeah, that I don't have to chase drugs out there or drink. Mm. Um, how long How long you've been? Well, like, um, I just did 11-month sentence. So I got out. On the twenty second of May, about a month ago, and I only been out a week and come back in, yeah, probably here for another five months. Right. So, I'm doing my parole. I want to get out clean, yeah. Yeah. What What happened in that week? Listen, I just got drunk every day, drowning my sorrows, yeah, because I had problems just drinking every day. Never <clears throat> seen my kids. What was that? You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.